Hey, Alexa, what crap did John Hicks say this week on the radio? I'm sure I don't want to hear it, but I'm interested to find out. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to The Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. We'd love to hear from you here on the Retirement Solution Podcast. You can always drop us an email with any questions for John at retirementsolutionradio.com. You know, in your world, John, in the financial industry, there's a saying among investors, sell in May and go away for the summer. So should we think of maybe taking this summer off from investing, especially given everything that's happened over these last couple of months? You know, this has been an interesting concept for years and years, actually decades. And and what you look at is that it actually proves true quite often. So the idea is, and it's very, very simple, uh, this is an investment strategy, which we rarely talk about on the show because it puts people to sleep. <laughs> More than Ambien, talking about investment strategy on Sunday mornings will... Exactly. So we rarely do it. But this is an interesting one because I'm wondering, we've used this in our office for years and years and years. I'll be honest with you, though, not a tremendous amount of our clientele choose to use it. Okay. Uh, They don't. And and, and that's okay. Believe me, they get to choose the direction they want to go when they're crafting their strategy. My whole thing is I don't want to tell them what they need to do. Mm -hmm. I want to guide them. And them let, them, yeah, yeah. let them choose the way they want it to work. But uh, this is one of those things that we've done for years. And to be honest with you, historically, it's done exceedingly well. And what it means is in the month of May, you decide to not be in stocks any longer. You are out of stocks and you're only in government treasuries. Okay. Okay. Now, do I advocate this to anyone out there? No. I'm just saying it's a strategy that historically has done quite well. And here's the reason why. Amazingly enough, what it appears to be is that the time between Halloween and the end of April have been the best producing gains historically over, let's say, the last 65 to 70 years. Interesting. And here's how it works out. If you look at it, if you look at the last 15 years, if you'd invested in just the S&P 500, right? We all know what that is. The S&P 500, 500 largest companies in the United States, you would have actually earned over the last 20 years about 9% on your money. Hmm. But if you had just simply sold in May and gone away and buy back into the market in November... Okay, so you're out of the market until November. Instead of averaging a paltry 9.2%, you would have gotten around an 18% rate of return. Double? Wow. Well, you doubled your returns. So there we go. That's a 20-year number. What if you go back 40 years? Well, the S&P would have done around 11, and you would have gotten around 24, so more than two times the rate of return. So here's an interesting thing. Why do we do that? Because for whatever reason, there seems to be a lot of volatility or a lack of anything going on in the market from the summer doldrums, right? Mm-hmm. When the summer's going on, kids are out of school. They're causing all kinds of ruckus. Believe me, I just came back from Hilton Head. I'm <laughs> aware know. of what ruckus looks like, <laughs> and it looks like crud. <laughs> but having said that, that's when the summer months are happening, kids are out of school, all that kind of stuff. And so for whatever reason, most schools were back in by October. But if you get in from November on or the very from Halloween on, the market seems to do quite well. You know, this is over time. Now, am I advocating this strategy for anyone? No. But if you're not even aware of this, if you're not aware of how this works, historically, it has produced okay results. Here's the main thing. 
there's a lot less downside, Jennifer. Interesting. That's the okay. amazing thing to me. When I look through this in 2019, and this is not us doing it. This is if, if you followed this simple strategy. In 2019, when the market was up 27%, this would have been up 43%. Huh. Uh-huh. Woo! Not so bad. No, but it, not too but yeah, shabby. But, but, but now we're in a weird position, right? Where mm-hmm. who knows if we're really going to stay in this recessionary environment or if we're going to break out. So no one knows what's going to happen now. But if we look through it, let's go back to 2008. Okay. 2008 was the last year that the market, of course, had a the, the great recession. Remember, the market was down 37% in 2008. Well, the strategy was only down three. So the idea is, is that it's typically withstood the test of time when it comes to uh, making sure your downside risk is hopefully avoided. At the same time, can it produce a superior result? Now, listen, it's strictly uh, selling may and go away. I mean, if you think about that, should we really hang our hat on one investment strategy that does it this way? Eh. That's for you to decide. The yeah. point is that our firm has offered this for a long time. I think there's a lot of merit to it. So the well, question it sounds is simple for one thing, John. You know, simple isn't always bad. Mm-hmm. Warren Buffett has basically said, "Hey, buy good quality stocks and stick with them forever mm-hmm. until you go bankrupt or until it works out." <laughs> and dependingly on the period of time you did that, it's he's not been wrong. So this strategy, very similarly, has done a good job in a good period of time. But here's the trade-off, and here's the whole point. What does making a little bit more return or not having quite as bit of a downside, what does that have to do with making sure our retirement is going to be solvent? Nothing. Potentially nothing. Because one of the things I omitted, not purposefully at the time, but I I did it until now, was to say in 2018, the market was down roughly 6%. Well, this would have been down 13, see? So you have to be aware when you're using simple structures that are not trying to create income coefficients, what are not trying to reduce volatility, if you're using simple metrics, you're going to get simple results, which means sometimes they work really well and sometimes they don't. So the point is, is that long-term selling may and go away, it kind of works. Should you do it now? I think it wouldn't be a bad thing if you're not aware of it to look into it. Find out, is it a strategy that you've not been familiar with? And frankly, by the way, you should be aware of all strategies out there, should you not? If you're going to be your own retirement fund manager, if you're going to be the managing partner of your retirement funds. Which all of us are, right? Yes. Well, if you do it on your own, if you don't hire someone out, even then you're still the chairman, right? You still get to pull the plug on if that guy keeps doing it or not, right? Mm -hmm. But would you not want to be aware of all the strategies? That's why our firm has offered it. Not because I think it's perfect, not because I think it's resilient to everything, not because I think it should be used over other things, but because historically it's actually better than investing in the broad market which is the whole point. Do we not want to try to do, if we're going to risk money, do a little bit better, right? But the whole point, though, is is that what is the ultimate goal? If the ultimate goal is to make sure that your retirement is comfortable, that you can live well, you can spend on what you want to spend on, and hopefully, long term, there's more money than you even started with, right? So that you can either choose to use that down the road if you have health care needs, or frankly, if it ends up going to the next generation. Now, that's one thing that no investment strategy can do on its own. You actually have to have a detailed plan. How are we going to do with taxation? What's going to happen with your income uh, needs when it comes to taxation? How are you going to be able to develop an income if you sell in May and go away and you're just in treasuries and they're not paying good rates? What are you going to spend? 
You're just going to have to sell those treasuries. And then on top of that, how does it go to the next generation without any kind of taxation or reduce taxation as much as possible? And, oh, wow, along the way, make sure that if you do get impaired, you are sick. You do have to use this for health care needs. Make sure you don't suck it all away before it can go to your surviving spouse or to the kids, right? Yeah. That's why planning historically is a lot more important than strategies. Seeking out the retirement solution that works for you? Seek us out online at retirementsolutionradio.com. A lot of different proposals happening right now in Washington to deal with this latest mess that we've been dealing with, John. And there's nothing official on this just yet. But the Washington Post says President Trump may actually allow people to take in advance on their Social Security benefits in mm. exchange for delaying those benefits in the future. Now, mm. all kinds of red flags went up for me when I saw this. I think that's a terrible idea. Yeah, it seems. I, I just I think that if we're having a tough time getting through now, I fully understand that. There's nothing about me that doesn't understand that. But if we're going to sacrifice the rest of our future benefits, it just makes me really nervous. Mm -hmm. So I I looked through this because I was just trying to figure out, was the president feeling uh, pressured or what was the story? Who are those people that that, that are not getting the benefits that feel like need to tap into things early? And one of the proposals that I saw that came out, Jennifer, they were going to allow people to take up to $5,000 from Social Security now Hmm. as long as they delay taking those benefits later. Hmm. Hmm. So when I think about this, this is one of those opportunities that makes me think, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, are we going to start messing with Social Security now? Like we've already printed three trillion bucks. There's a chance we're going to print another three trillion dollars. Okay. So to me, when I'm thinking about my entire life's work is to help people make it to and through retirement. That's my Mm -hmm. job. So when I think about what tax rates already in my mindset are going to probably do, and now we've printed $6 trillion. Ooh, ooh. oh boy. How are we going to pay for that? Mm-hmm. Mm. And then on top of that, if we start messing around with Social Security here. And robbing our future nervous. benefits, you know. Well, more than that, Jennifer, when we start toying with Social Security, you know they never quit, right? Yeah, that's true. As soon as Congress or senators get their grubby paws on Social Security, it's over, in my opinion. Because what do every single one of retirees think about if they're not even retirees, they're three to five years from it or they're in retirement? What do they think about? Where's their money going to come from, right? Yeah, for sure. And Social Security is one of those pieces. And what if they say, well, now we're going to start toying with Social Security, knowing in fact, and I've already covered this before on the show in years and years and years, there's not enough money in the system past 2032 to give us more than 75 cents on the dollar mm. of our current Social Security benefit. So think about it. We've got less than, oh my gosh, 2032. What? That's, it's right around That's the like corner, right? Away. Yeah. Holy moly. See what, how time flies? Yeah. I was saying that like six and seven years ago. It seemed far off. And it seemed forever away. That's like less than 12 years from now. Huh. So, hey guys, if you're like two or three years away from retirement, and you expect to live, let's say you're 62, you want to retire at 65. So that's three years away. And so all of a sudden, 10 years, you're only 75 years old. All of a sudden, they cut Social Security benefits by 25%. Mm. No, hey, this is not my speculation. 
they literally have printed this in the social security statements than they've given to us over the years. Now they yeah. don't print them this way anymore. You gotta go online and get You gotta them. go online. <laughs> yeah. And you gotta hit one of those disclaimers at the very bottom of the page which says, hey, this could happen, this may not happen, this will probably <laughs> we happen, really but we don't, don't know what could happen and <laughs> someone might do something that may make things change and that could happen to change something that happened. Or maybe it won't. It's about We're that confusing. Sure. I know, exactly. So the whole thing is I really don't want the president Regardless if I support the president or not, I know for a fact that if we start messing with Social Security now, and it's not a pro thing, it's a con thing to me, if it's not going to be a proactive thing to do, that's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. So I hope the president does not sign off on this. I really hope he doesn't. Because if you look at it, no one that I'm aware of looks at Social Security, if if they're entitled to it, no one looks at that as something they just really don't need. Yeah. Even if... Even if they've saved more money than they ever thought they could, who would turn away twenty four, twenty six, thirty, thirty five thousand dollars a year of money they have honestly paid into? Yeah, you saw it who come out of your check that? every single time. So right. yeah. And so if you're one of those people who say, "Well, you know, I'm, you know, I really, I've done well. I really don't need my social security." I want you to reflect on that for a second. I just want you to take one moment and just, frankly. Gives a little bit of praise. Hey, man, you killed it. But at the same time, that is really lucky. That's great. How can you leverage that money you don't need from Social Security into either one of two things, a better legacy for your heirs, which is one great thing you can do if you don't need that money, or here's the other thing. Why don't you go ahead and give that correctly to a charity? Use a proper charitable trust where you can take those dollars that you feel like you don't need, create a trust and give, if you're going to give $35,000, $40,000 a year and you're healthy in your 60s or 70s, do you know that that might actually give a charity millions and millions of dollars over the long term? Oh, wow. It's incredible. But see, that's the whole point. We should never look at any asset we have as less worthy or not that important. To be perfectly honest with you, if you want to be a proper steward of your wealth, and come on, let's be realistic. If you look at the course of biblical history, it consistently talks about people that are not prudent, that are not stewards of wealth correctly. And it typically says, hey, that's not a good thing to be, right? Mm-hmm. So if you feel like there's some places in that situation where you're lucky, why don't you parlay that into something even better and create a better lasting legacy, if not for you? than just for the people you give it to, okay? But my thought is I really don't want to change Social Security now. I hope the president does not do this. hope he delays this for a while to where we don't need to do it. Because, guys, if you start messing with Social Security, that means that we're going to have an entire group of people who are going to say, "Uh uh-oh, hey, we just did it. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Next thing you know, we will not have yet again another income stream in retirement. We cannot afford that. Have questions for John? Drop us an email at retirementsolutionradio.com. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through John Hicks, Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827.